Hello everyone, this is Justin with Whitetail Theories Podcast. On the mic, we have a special guest today. Uh, we have Luke with Hunt, Eat, Lift. What's up, Luke? Hey, not much, man. Hey, it's, it's all right, everybody messes it up. It's actually Hunt, Lift, Eat. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I thought I had it for a minute, and as many times as I've said it today, and I, uh, I even made me a little thing to remember it where, you know, you hunt, then you eat, then you lift, but... Yeah, man, it's, it's no problem. I probably should have changed the order. Everybody thinks it's a uh, it's lift funny. My dad still calls it that half the time, so, so no worries at all. Well, well, thanks for correcting that, man. So it's hunt, eat, lift. Hunt, lift, eat. Hunt, lift, eat. Okay, I don't know why I wrote that wrong. I, I must have seen it somewhere wrong. So it's hunt, lift, eat. Yep. All right, awesome, man. Sorry again about that. But, you know, um, I've definitely been seeing your stuff all over the place. Wanted to get you on the mic. I, I don't know if it's because we've been chatting the last few days or what, but my phone algorithms are absolutely blowing up. I mean, I, I think every every few scrolls I've been doing, I've been seeing the brand, the company. Uh, I just seen the baby line. I got a son on the way, so that popped up. So it's definitely reading my mind. Um, and then, you know, a lot of, a lot of other stuff. So, um, you know, Kind of introduce yourself here. Uh, tell us, uh, you know, who you are. Tell our viewers who you are. And, um, you know, kind of a secondary to that is we always throw in, how'd you get started out in hunting? Yeah, man, uh, absolutely. First of all, thanks, thanks a ton for reaching out and having me on. Um, I actually started out with the social media there uh, in hunting and service side, so it's kind of come full circle. It's cool to link back up with, with y'all's brand and, and plug back in. So thank you a lot. But, uh, yeah, so rolling into to who I am, I'm an active duty uh, Army infantry captain stationed at Fort Carson. I've been in the Army for uh, just shy of 10 years now. Uh, and that's one of what I've known. It was actually on one of my previous deployments. Well, let me back up a little bit. So I started out hunting uh, like most people do. It was kind of a family thing. I got some family land back in southwestern Virginia. My dad was in the Army, so we moved around a lot. And I spent all my summers back in Virginia. And uh, in my, my hunting seasons, my dad was kind of a casual hunter at best. If we were back for Thanksgiving or whatever, we'd walk around with the rifle and see what we could see. But it wasn't really a hardcore thing. And I got more uh, hardcore into hunting when I turned about 16. And I started really spending a lot more time in the woods and really fell in love with it. And uh, I had two cousins that are actually involved with HLE to this day. And, and they were kind of my mentors because I started hunting when they were about 10. And they were really into it. And so we just spent a lot of time on that family land and kind of eating brush and sitting in tree stands and learning together and figuring it out. And, you know, we killed a lot of does, a couple bucks here and there, but we didn't really know the ins and outs of, you know, the species and all that. We knew they moved on our property, but we didn't, you know, we kind of just like everybody else just out there um, hunting a couple weeks out of the year. And it wasn't until uh, my second deployment to Afghanistan, I missed hunting season, and I discovered meat eater at the same time that I really was like, man, I need to take advantage of all the opportunities that we have in this country to hunt. Um, I just hadn't really been doing it. I only hunted in that one spot. And so I, I decided to jump out and, and try my uh, hand at some public land hunting on Fort Campbell, where I was stationed at the time. And I got home and I absolutely got my ass kicked. It was my first time bow hunting <laughs> and my first time hunting on public land. And I killed a, I ended up killing a doe that season. And I probably had 200 hours in the woods after that damn doe, man. It was it was wild. But after that, the, the bug was there. And I just, I've been spending all, every opportunity I could to, to hunt as much as possible. Dude, I definitely can totally relate to that. Uh, you know, when you said I grew up in southwestern Virginia also, and, and just, you know, you get the Appalachian Mountains and you, you have the Blue Ridge Mountains and stuff, and, you know, there is good hunting when you get deep and stuff, but very, very similar, very, very similar hunting story on my end too. And then you kind of like your eyes open up to the world of what's out there, and you're just like, oh, man. <laughs> like what I've been I've been stuck in this little place and there's so much there's so much out there it almost feels like you'll never check them all off oh yeah absolutely that's what's been cool about coming out to Colorado it's my first time you know spending any time out west and so I've had two seasons to hunt out here and had some successes and a lot of failures but I've learned a ton and it's been a blast so I know you kind of uh touched on you know how you got uh, started out into hunting, but uh, I just want to take just a little step back just so the viewers can to, can really understand um, and get a sense of who you are. But, you know, I know you mentioned you went full circle. You, you, you're you an active, you're active duty military, right? Yeah. 
Yep, so you're still active duty, um, and you have a deployment coming up soon, don't you? Yeah, I actually leave, uh, leave here in two days. Oh, wow. So definitely, definitely appreciate you uh, jumping on then and, and super, super fresh here. But, um, you know, as far as who's you, who you are, like, I know you – is that kind of what – what you know i know you joined the military and, and life gets super crazy and i guess you know you said you had missed hunting Did, when you first joined the military i guess you kind of like took a little bit of a break from it yes yeah, so i ended up coming out of the infantry officers course and messed up my knee down at benning and uh i was at fort benning georgia so i got into pig hunting down there so i guess i had done some public land hunting but never really for white tails and so that was kind of an out, outlet for me because i was pretty bummed that i was you know not able to do the job it was kind of on a delay uh but so that it was, it was a huge outlet, but in, I did take a little bit of a break. Once I got to Campbell, I immediately deployed, came back, you know, training cycle, all that. I didn't really hunt unless I went back to Virginia and hunted there. And, you know, that might be a couple weekends a year or whatever. So it wasn't right. like, at the time, it wasn't the obsession that it is now. It was something I always looked forward to and I thought about, but it didn't consume my life because I never really, I'd always heard everybody said, you know, it's not worth trying to hunt on post. It doesn't make any sense. It's a pain you're dealing with you know, the other hunters and all that. And so, like, I didn't really understand really even what public land hunting was. Now, have you, have you, jumping down that rabbit hole, have you um, checked out any type of hunting on post yet? Yeah, Fort Carson's a little bit different um, the way it runs. And there's so much opportunity for public land around Carson. I don't fool with it, but I do hunt. Like, I hunted uh, all over Fort Campbell, the second time I was down at Fort Benning, I hunted down there on post. Like hunting on most army installations is actually really good once you kind of learn the system. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, most of that's probably once you jump through the hoops. But, I mean, as far as the game, did you did you feel pretty, you know, especially since you've kind of evolved in, in, you know, what you look for and what you do when you hunt, um, do you feel like on pace, on post hunting is, is uh, uh, you know, one of those well-managed type of public lands? Yeah, I really do. Most army stations have like a biologist that's full time, if not multiple biologists. Fort Benning had a couple biologists and a USDA full time big trapper actually that ran a trapping program. I got to be a part of that trapping program, which was essentially a lot of like or a population management program. We were trying to remove you know large numbers of pigs per year off the installation because they're, uh, they're they breed so quickly, and so that was. It was really cool and I got involved a little bit down at Benning on the, the management side of the house by doing some of these programs and I got to learn a lot and learn about the, the different species and the ecosystem and all that. So the, the Army in the DOD does a pretty good job of having um, to maximize opportunity. You know, obviously training is the priority. And so if there's units right. out training, the, the areas will get shut down. But for the most part, the, the hunting is really good and well-managed and there's a lot of opportunity and there's usually a lot of animals and a lot of big animals. You know, I know when you when you said you were down at Benning, I know Benning has a lot of land, and that's right near that, like, Alabama, southern Georgia area. So, um, you know, I can definitely with the pigs, but I'm, I'm sure they have a pretty good deer and, and turkey population there, too, because, I mean, you know, I've, I've heard and, you know, I've spoken to many biologists that have worked on military bases, and it's one of those things where it's like you kind of got to dig a little bit to, <laughs> to see how you're supposed to hunt there. Yeah. Yeah, the regulations are different on every installation, and so you got to learn the system. Benning's pretty easy. Uh, you just sign into the area you want. You can see how many other hunters are signed into it. So you can kind of choose based on that. Uh, Fort Campbell's a draw. So, kind of, so you're trying to like get the unit you want as quickly as possible or the area you want. So it's just it's different based on the installation, but they're all a little bit different based on pressure and everything else. That's pretty awesome. You know, I know we we have a lot of members that are active duty and, you know, I'm, I'm sure some reservists and things like that. But, um, you know, a lot of the bases you mentioned, we, we do have members on it. So hopefully they're listening. And if they're not taking advantage of those public land opportunities, they definitely should. Even if it, like you said, getting to go out with the trapper and, and see different things and, and kind of what the biologist is doing or the trapper's doing. Um, you know, those are those are those opportunities that when you get the chance, you should definitely jump on them. Uh you know, a lot of people don't yeah. understand that, that, you know, with public land, you know, definitely, definitely get your foot in the door with a, a lot of other opportunities too. Oh, absolutely. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the brand. Let's talk about the company. Um, so hunt, lift, eat. Can you tell our viewers a little bit about 
you know, how you got started with that? What, you know, what, what kind of inspired you to do that? And a little bit about the company for those that don't know what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's pretty, pretty simple, right? It's the three things that I enjoy doing the most, which is money, lifting, and eating. So it's, it's a joke that I kind of forced got my way into this brand. Um, pretty simple. But I was, uh, I was when I got back from Afghanistan, one of my buddies that we had been patrolling together was transitioning into the Army and he had t- taken his Instagram and kind of blown it up as a bit of a fitness account. He's actually really big on that stuff now. And has been a founder of a couple of different companies and started all the social media. And I saw this, I was like, there's something here, you know, and I was like everybody else. I had 60 Instagram followers that were like my, you know, aunts and uncles and shit. So like, I, didn't, right. I didn't really understand anything about social media, how to leverage it. And I, I kind of thought like, oh, I can get some industry discounts maybe. Like, and as I'm getting more in, involved in honey, I can save a little bit of money. It's kind of my rationale for it. I never had any dreams or hopes of the brand or being sponsored or anything like that. And I just kind of slow rolled it from there. And that's actually around the time I got involved with Service Side, which would have been probably fall of 2017. And, um, you know, it was a great net- networking opportunity. But even more than that, it was I studied how, because it was fairly early on, um, I think the, their, their team, their uh, ambassador program, the field staff, that's what you just called. The field staff program was, was pretty big, but it wasn't, you know, as, as big as I can get us today. And so right. as I was looking at it, um, I was just kind of taking mental notes of what you know, Jimmy was doing and those guys and how they were building this. I know Jimmy was doing this you know, part-time as a, a building this brand. I thought that was really interesting, really cool. And uh, you know, it got to the point where I was growing. I was a brand rep for a bunch of companies, and I kind of had to pick and choose the companies I was going to stay with. And you know, that was when I decided to let's go ahead and leave service side to go on. And when I did that, I quickly got, you know, I'm the lead advice with some of the other companies I was working with as a brand ambassador. I was spending a lot of time to produce a lot of content content for them. You know, I had more followers than a lot of the companies. And I don't have the biggest following in the world, but it was, you know, at the time it was pretty decent for a hunting page. And so I was just like, you know, I didn't feel like there was a lot of reciprocity there and a whole lot of like appreciation. So I then I decided to drop all that and start my own deal. Nice. And I, so I had read somewhere like that your Instagram name should be like the something like what your page is about. And so at the time I think it was you know, it was just Hunt, Lift, Eat was the name of my page because I just, it was just me picking up heavy deadlifts and <laughs> hunting and cooking and all the, you know, the only three things I did outside of work in the Army. And so I sat there, I was a, I was a basic training company commander at the time and we got a, what's called a non-conduct. So we didn't pick up a cycle because uh, we're recruiting it. So we had like three months where we weren't really working very much. We doing like half days, which was really, really cool. And that was when I just started building, I built the original logos on PowerPoint played with them with the cross aerial barbell. It's, I designed that. And then, you know, we, I bought our embroidery machine and a sewing machine and started making patches and sewing them on hats. And that's kind of where it started. And it's just kind of exploded uh, over the years. I built my original team, which is my, my A team now, of a combination of folks that I grew up with, honey, like my cousins, my little brother, uh, some of my really good friends from the army that I hunt with, and then folks that I met on social media. And they've been, you know, hugely supportive and helped our growth. And now we just expanded our team. We've got about 100 members now, so it's it's been really cool, and it's been awesome to awesome to watch it grow. You know, I, I looked back when when we first started talking, um, because you know I, I recognized your name. I have a photographic memory when it comes to names, not not a lot of other things, but um, you know, dyslexia will kick in once in a while, and letters will get mixed up. But I uh, I, I started looking, and I saw you were active, and. And I, and I always tell people when they, when they ask, you know, that's a, I'm sure you get this question all the time, you know, especially since you kind of transition into the hunting industry and it wasn't really your number one goal, you said, but, uh, you know, the point I'm getting at is the people that are the most active and the people that are really seeing, okay, this is how this is working. The inner workings here, um, you know, this is how ambassador or pro staff or field staff, uh, relationships work. Um, when they take all those pieces and they put them together, you know, I expect almost a brand or some type of business or some entity to form from that. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that that's why a lot of those programs are what they are is to really give people the confidence. Yeah, to provide a service and, and, you know, have a, a tribe and and things like that. But, um, for those people that really want to start something or, or get their own thing going, uh, that's like the best way to get your foot in the door 
um, to really see, you're not going to see it any better than if you actually get in, involved, and and participate. And I'm really glad to see that it's it's definitely worked for you, and you you took it and ran with it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I agree with that 100. And you know, Servicenet was the first brand that I was affiliated with, and then I went on to you know probably 15 others over a couple course of two three years, and. And you do, you can pick and choose like parts of each you really like, parts of each you don't, you know, like not all companies are equal. And there's a reason why small businesses fail and it's because folks don't have a plan or they don't understand how to do things or, you know, they don't treat people the right way or they don't appreciate people. And like, you know, when you, when you do that or see that firsthand, then you know, like, okay, I know what the priority needs to be, which for me is, it's always, you know, providing value, not taking value. Right. If I can do that, then I, then I feel like I'm always going to be successful. So. And, and those are the companies, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I I encourage competition. I encourage more companies. Um, just like a hunting spot, if I'm calling a turkey in and somebody else is on the other side, I'm trying to see who's going to call this turkey in. Like, that's just the mindset I have. I'm a competitive person. But, you know, at the end of the day, if, if we're all doing the right thing and we're all in the hunting industry or in the industry in general, the outdoor industry, and we're, you know, doing what's best for the consumer or the customer, uh, we're not in it to, you know, obviously you got to make money to pay bills and to live. Um, you know, we don't live in a free society. So, you know, you do have to have obligations, but at the end of the day, if you're putting that customer first or that client first or that field staff or team member or whatever they are, um, you know, you're, you're going to succeed. And those are the people that I want to be, you know, involved with in the hunting industry. That's, you know, at the end of the day, people can say it all day, but the numbers are there. We're not getting any bigger. You know, it's the hunting industry. If anything, I think it's smaller than what it used to be. Um, as far as, you know, uh, you know, like basics and, you know, what really works and, and tribes and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, you know, there's, there's a level of, uh, it's, it's weird because we live in the most connected our society's ever been via social media. But I think on a interpersonal level, we're the most disconnected. Yeah. And so a lot of people are searching for that tribe, that community, that team. And that's you know, something I realized very early on. We had our A team. We were so close. And people were like, hey, like, remember one question I got all the time is how do I get involved with the company? And that's why I ended up developing the team into what it is you know, today, which is exactly what we are talking about earlier with when folks to go on and succeed and do other things like we teach i teach entrepreneurship i teach how to do some of these things like i know secrets like i'll, I'll tell them some of my mistakes and like how i kind of do it I, I don't competition doesn't worry me at all because one just the more we have out there the more success yeah. the more other people are going to see it and get involved and the more outreach we've got and i don't think that there's a finite money of, or an amount of money in the hunting industry I, I think that we can create more value and more wealth and more Part of it. And so the, the competition is only going to make everybody better too. So it's going to bring a better product at the end of the day. Oh, for sure. It's going to continue to push companies to keep being better and keep doing the right thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can only fake it for so long before people realize, you know, okay, this is what I want to do or, or use or, you know, promote or whatever the case may be. It doesn't take long for people to figure out if it's not something that's for them. Um, but that's great, man. I, I love hearing that. I, I, I talk to, when I do talk to people for a podcast or just in general, um, hearing those kind of stories, it always gives me hope of like, you know, even though we do see bashing and things like that on social media and things like that, it's like, you know, so many of us companies just like us, um, you know, we're, we're stuck together and we're all trying to promote the right thing, which I think in return will create, create and help people do the right thing. Absolutely. You know, it's a message that has to constantly be hammered home and reminded because folks, folks do. We've all fell into that trap. I'm sure we make a comment on social media that we probably shouldn't have or yeah. whatever. And so I think we have to self-police and be like, hey, man, like, is this really the, you know, one, where to say this and how to say it and who to say it to and where everybody can see it? Or is this something like, if you get some constructive feedback, shoot a DM. It doesn't have to be on a page where right. it's going to start a, a shit storm of negative you know, feedback because that's that doesn't help anybody. You know, and, and I and I do believe too, and you know, yeah, we can have tough skin, and, and but there is a difference between joking and horseplay and just straight up annihilation of somebody. You know, like you said, like you know, if somebody's you know, we'll just use turkey because turkey's seasons, and you know, if somebody's just constantly yelping 10, 20 times, and there's not a bird calling back, and they're 
hitting you up on a video and they're like, well, what should I do? You know, what am I doing wrong? And somebody just cuts in on them. That, that's not going to do anything but frustrate the person. And, and I'd rather at the end of the day somebody get out there and do it as close to the right way as they can, um, you know, and, and that way they can show someone. I mean, it's, it's always a, it's always a, a, a snowball effect with things like this. The way you treat somebody in the industry, they're going to treat the next person that way. It's, it's always going to be a pay-it-forward game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, and that's that's kind of the mission of, of HLE is is to be that positive, you know, voice in the outdoor community and inspiring folks to to pursue an active lifestyle in the outdoors. And that's the the fitness side of things for us is huge. Like marrying those two things because you don't, you don't have to be in the best shape to go like to hunt in, in the East East Bay. That's how I grew up, right? You, you take a four wheeler up to the tree stand, you climb in. You know, like right. the smartest, dragging the smartest the dragon. Out was about, yeah. <laughs> about the exercise on that trip. Exactly. Which I mean, it'll kick your ass, but you know, sometimes you're only dragging it just to the nearest skitter trail so you can get it loaded up in the back of the pickup. So right. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. But once you come out west, or just and then just the holistic approach to because I think a lot of you know back to what I was saying about the community and the disconnect. I think that's one of the reasons why we've got such a mental health crisis, not only in the veteran community, which is also obviously near and dear to me, but also in the civilian side. You know, we, we've got record numbers. We've never had this much anxiety and depression. Oh, and I, I really think a, a lot of it is a disconnect one to each other and a sense of actual tribe and community, and then also to the outdoors and the nature and the holistic food um, that comes from a, a clean source. And so. That's what I think. The, that's the message for us is, is what we're all about. And, and you know, we do when we sit talk to each other nonstop. It's pretty ruthless. Our, uh, our podcast gets pretty pretty rough sometimes, but you know, it's all in good fun and it's all about building that community and that tribe within the group. Hey, I wouldn't expect a military type hunting, lifting, eating podcast to be anything different, but somewhat savage. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely not one to listen with your young kids around. <laughs> yeah, that'll we'll, we'll, that'll be one for for later in the years. But you know what? Like you said, everyone does it their own way, and you know, I just recently started doing this, so you know, I still got to kind of find my rhythm and 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 uh, you know, being natural and and really asking the questions that people want to hear and. But also, you know, at the end of the day, we're both sportsmen um, and, you know, I, I love to eat and hunt. I don't lift as much anymore, but <laughs> definitely need to get back to that. But, you know, that actually brings us right into our next uh, the net, one of the next questions I had, which, um, you know, I've looked at your site a few times and I've kind of scrolled through it and looked at your apparel and, you know, a couple of other things you have. But I noticed on there you have a training program. Kind of tell our listeners what, what that is and what that entails. Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, we have five now. Uh, we have four twelve week programs that are that are paid programs, and then we have one four week program that's just free. And that's for people one to just get a sampling of what we offer, and then two, like I don't care if people just get that free one and run it back to back to back. It's really just about educating folks, um, you know, their training and just getting them prepped. Um, so our, our free one is uh, it's it's called I Do. It's the Couch to Mountain. We picked uh, it's all Norse gods are the names of the, the programs. Nice. But um, it's you know it's it's meant to be an honoring program. It's it's pretty tough, and you, but you can scale it. But it's to get you you know ready in four weeks. It's not going to get you not going to win any marathons, but you're going to at least get to the uh, a point in physical conditioning that you're going to not kill yourself if you go try to hunt at you know seven thousand feet or nine thousand feet or whatever. So right, you know we we tend to have a real um, holistic approach. We don't, you know, it's not just lifting, right? And our training is uh, a lot more similar to, I don't know if you're familiar with like Mountain Tactical Institute, Atomic Athlete, any of those, like Rob Shaw and those training. Yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's very similar training styles. Okay. We just try to have a focus within each one. And so like, yeah, I could go down a whole rabbit hole of this. So first and foremost, I'm not the expert in this. I've got guys that build other <laughs> programs. I just kind of tell them what I want, and they, they, you know, they run with it. Nice. Um, so I don't have any any cool letters next to my name. I just know what I've done myself, and then learning from smarter guys than me. But so you got three basic energy systems. You get your phosphagen system, which is your 10 to 30 seconds of work, which is basically like take three reps of deadlifts and then below. Um, you get your glycolytic, which is like one to three minutes. So that's like a sprint. And then you've got your oxidative, which is your like long-term slow energy burn. 
So if you're going on a walk, a hike, you know, a walk or whatever, and you use all three of these systems while you're uh, in the backcountry. You know, like if you're putting on a, a heavy pack that's, you know, 120-pound pack with an out quiver in it, like that's, that's going to be your phosphogen system that you got to get that on there. And then as you're getting that burst to get your ass up the steep part of the hill, like that's the glycolytic, and then obviously the whole hunt in itself is deoxidated. And so once you start studying the energy systems uh, more so than the movements, the training becomes a little bit uh, – what I, what I think is kind of a more holistic approach to your, your attacking the different systems. And so that's kind of our uh, methodology for our different programs. And we've got, you know, a range of, you know, one that's just strength focused, but you've got a little bit of endurance work. And then you've got one that's kind of a, a running program with some strength. And then we've got um, a mountain prep program, which is cool because it's a minimalist program where you're not using a whole lot of equipment. You see the sandbag and some dumbbells. So if you don't have a full home gym or you don't have access to the gym, we developed that one first, really, because it was during COVID, and so we wanted people to be able to do it at their house for minimal cost. Nice. Well, I, I, I got a buddy that's been hounding me to go out west with him. I told him I'm not in the in the kind of shape to haul it an elk out yet, so I was like, now I got my program to to get this on the on the roll. I don't have an excuse now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Well, I'll definitely check that out, and I'll put it in the show notes too for everyone to you know if they're interested, if you guys are interested in. Um, you know, getting a program that's actually designed for, you know, the type of hunting that you're going to be doing, um, then you, I'll be able to, I'll put that link in the show notes. Um, so Luke, you know, I know you're active duty and it sounds like you got a lot of other things going on, but, uh, how do you balance active duty life with just life in general and, and, you know, the brand and, you know, also getting out there yourself and hunting? Man, I tell you what, uh, if, you, if you were to ask my wife, she probably wouldn't think I balanced very well, to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know you said you had a kid on the way. I just had a kid. I'm a seven-month-old now. So it's it's a lot. It's a whole lot. Um, but, I, you know, I think I'm the type that I think I get more efficient the busier I get. It's kind of counterproductive or counterintuitive, but it, it works like that for me. And so I just keep loading stuff on the plate. And I'm, I'm starting to, I started to really hit my bandwidth once we had the kid. I'd I took him to the command last May, um, the line company here at Fort Carson. We had our full train up and everything, so the hours were long. Baby on the way. I was running the podcast completely myself. I was running orders myself. I was getting up at like four in the morning before PT to go run orders to the, uh, or to run orders to the post office at, during my lunch break after I got them ready, and then I would stay until midnight doing the podcast. Like it was not a very sustainable model uh, for myself at all. So I really just had to surround myself with the right people. I brought a couple of my team members on who are interested in, in working for us, and, and they've been huge with our ability to expand. I've got uh, my buddy Carter and Derek have been huge, and my buddy uh, Garrett and my wife, after she had the baby, took over the uh, kind of order for the side of the house. So we have a uh, she runs all that. So that, that's been huge for just getting everything off my plate because I was the single point of failure for so much. But you know, it still consumes, and so I think you just got to make a prioritization list of everything you got to get done. And just staying on top of it um and there's just there's not a whole lot of wasted time like i mean i watch tv and i you know fuck off like everybody else but it's, right. it's kind of a deliberate a deliberate manner right you know i don't just sit on my phone all the time um, and i gotta play the social media game for the company and everything but i try to be deliberate with that when i am doing it and just account for a lot more of my time and i could do a better job I and mean, i still waste hours and hours and so you know, that's something i think that everybody um overboils is how busy they are I get more frustrated when my, you know, my two leaders or something said they didn't have time to do something. I'm like, oh, you got time, dude. <laughs> right. You no, no, for time. sure. You, you do. And, yeah. and you wouldn't believe how much time you actually save. Like you said, it's different when you're actively doing something on social media. But if you're scrolling, you don't realize how much time, if you added all that up in a week, uh, how much time you're really wasting. Um, you know, unless you're directly doing something like, you know, research or, or, uh, you know, interaction with your, with your, uh, customer base or anything like that. But, uh, man, that's, that's intense. 4am, then PT, <laughs> mailing. I'm, I'm glad you, it sounds like you somewhat got a, a little bit steadier system now, now that you brought some people on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more uh, evenly distributed, which is nice. And I mean, we're still busy as hell and I'm still, I still run all the places. I mean, we're, we did a good job of getting like a lot of the time consuming. Like I'm not editing a podcast anymore. That was brutal. Like me trying to carve out 
people don't realize like an hour long podcast like that could take you you got to do some heavy editing it can be two hours to edit it because you got to listen back to the whole thing right uh, we, we've gotten better with our production so we're editing less now but those are the, you know, as you all know there's a huge learning curve in that and so early on when we make the mistakes or i was very self-conscious early and, and was wanted everything to be perfect all the time you know and would edit out pauses and edit out and somebody like misspoke or something like that now i just let it all come i don't really give a shit yeah, no, you know what, man, and and that's how I look at it. Like I said, I just recently started uh, doing the podcast here at Service Side, and you know, I'm just gonna be myself. You kind of learn as you go. You know, none of us are perfect, and and I've had plenty of people that have absolute amazing podcasts that have gave me advice, and and the number one advice they've all said is, you know, be yourself. Obviously, if you cut out for you know, 30 seconds because the phone dropped, you know, phone call dropped or your phone died or a battery died. That's one thing. But, uh, you know, sitting there and listening to it four or five times to make sure it's perfect. Like you want it to be perfect. But at the end of the day, you know, if the content's what matters the most. Yeah, and I saw saw something on it's one of the like motivational videos, like snippets from a podcast on TikTok or Instagram or something. I don't remember the exact quote, but the guy was talking, he basically said something to the effect of like perfection is like the enemy or the killer of like production or something like that and like being productive. And I thought that was so spot on because you know, you I used to do the exact same thing where I wanted something to be just right. I wanted, you know, if we're putting our mark on it, it's gonna be just like this. And at a certain point you just gotta go for it and you just gotta do it yeah. and get it out there. Well, like you said, kinda have you uh um, you know, like bullet points or a system or like a uh, you know, a checklist, a grind list to, to okay, you know, I, I've got this done. There was a couple fuzzy spots. Let's fix those. We'll listen to it once, you know, send it out the door, double check the photos, you know, uh, things like that. Make sure that, you know, to me, honestly, the story notes are the most important because I want the viewer to be able to actually go and check out your program or check out your brand. And, and you know, a lot of people are that they want to look at the website while they're listening to the podcast or, you know, if they're driving to work, it's, it's something where they can hear it and, and they can find it in the show. The show notes have always been important to me. I, I still kind of get a little OCD with those, but <laughs> those yeah, that's honestly something we, we can probably do a better job of is like actually inserting the hyperlinks into the show notes. Um, that was something I, I saw another podcast do. And I was like, man, we got to start doing that. And, but too, it's like, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I would never, ever in a million years knock the hunting public. But one thing I noticed like with theirs is they, they're all links so like it's almost like finding a balance where it's like too many links but you know what if the person was interested in that it's always like a balancing act of too much or too little or um you know because you're not 100 percent sure what exactly out of this podcast that someone might take so having you know finding that balance I, I don't know if you've ever noticed that but i don't really even think they do much of a summary they just have links to all their stuff that happens in the video yeah, yeah, I mean, I believe it. I, I, mean, I don't listen to their podcast. I watch a bunch of YouTube content. We're actually getting ready to have Zach on our podcast, which nice. I'm really excited about. Oh, that that is exciting, man. Um, let's see here. So we've touched on the training program. We've touched on that active duty lifestyle. So you know, I, I, this is kind of a question I've I've kind of been asking the last few viewers I've had, and. And I'll ask it until, you know, I feel like I need to move off of it. But, you know, I never I never like to stay too much on on COVID or anything. But at the end of the day, the last two years have been the last two years. So how's the last two years uh, been for uh, Hunt, Lift, Eat? I mean, I'll tell you, uh, surprisingly, pretty, pretty damn good. I mean, we started, I launched the company in 2019. We had the website. I was selling those hats. Like I said before, I was just showing the patches on, which is fine. You know, I was selling you know, a hot every other week or whatever. But when, I, when we started actually moving some volume, I had to make some changes. And it wasn't until um, probably it was the fall of 2020, as I'd say, when we started really treating it like a business. I took kind of the COVID slowdown for my wife and I to kind of talk about this and decide whether we were going to actually take this and turn it into something. Because initially the way I started to her was instead of going to grad, I dropped out of my MBA program. And I was like, this college is not for me. I barely graduated the first time. I decided to <laughs> really quickly I didn't need to go back and so I, I, I was like hey like instead of spending 15 grand on an MBA I spend three grand and we'll start a business and I'll learn a business that way and then at a certain point I was like man this is kind of viable like there's something here like, we've, we've got something and so we made the decision to roll with it so we threw out a full 
Hogan line invested some more money and all the money we had made at that point back into it and uh, threw the line out in 2020 and you know we sold out in like a month. Uh, every, not, even, not even a month. Some things we sold out within a day, but you know, certain sizes. And we sold out like an entire line in less than a month. And I was like, man, we gotta we gotta get some stuff back ordered back. And <laughs> it was we made a ton of mistakes, man. Didn't maximize any money for the holidays. Uh, back ordered on so much stuff, and so I was like, this is this is for real. So I think COVID COVID opened up a lot of folks' eyes um, to you know one there was the meat shortages early on, and I think that that was an eye opener to a lot of people. It's like man, how do we source our food? Like, what do we do when these grocery stores actually go bare? When you can't get anything in these grocery stores, like, what, what, what's the play there? And then, you know, I think there was, you couldn't do a whole lot other than kind of get out in the outdoors. And so people realized, like, this was a great way to spend their weekends instead of going to the bars, going out and seeing movies. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But it was like, hey, let's go out to the, the nearest public land or the nearest national forest or park or whatever and do a little bit of camping and like can't you know can't, you still can't buy campers they're so backwarded um, <laughs> you know it's crazy like it's it's nuts trying to find a lot of the stuff and so people really had a huge um surgeon resurgence i guess back into the outdoor lifestyle and hunting licenses like the first year that we actually in like the past 30 that we've seen an uptick in uh, hunting license sales which was really cool to see and so i think we kind of caught lightning in the bottle a little bit but it was like the right time that we're, you know, we're here, we are talking about hunting, where your food comes from, and then it's fitness and health, which all tied it right into people's kind of fears around COVID. And so people were like, had a lot of brand consciousness once they saw this, they were like, man, this is, this is good stuff. So, you know, I know it, it hit a lot of folks really hard and I hate that, but, you know, we were lucky and then I think it actually put, put a little gas in our growth and accelerated us um, because, you know, I wish I had been more cognizant of that early on and I'd be able to see it because I could, I would have capitalized a lot more than I did. But yeah, I think, you know, we're still on a good trajectory. I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, for sure, man. And you know what, we can, I, I say that, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend's always getting on me about that. She's always like, you know, it's like the number one thing you say is if I did this before, if I did that before. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's life's always about learning and, and growing. And honestly, it might not have been as good. At, you know, it's all about timing. You know, that's one of the huge positives from everything that happened with the COVID stuff is, you know, I, I won't get onto it into it too deep um, because I know it did, you know, affect a lot of, of people in a negative way. But a positive I noticed was, um, you know, it gave people the, the you know, I, I'll just say it gave almost people the balls to kind of do things that they they wanted to do or, or, you know, hey, let's take a shot or, hey, what do we have to lose? Or, um, you know, let's let's take this three grand, like you said, and start a business um, instead of, you know, I've always people have always asked me, you know, you know, especially with the GI Bill always sitting there. It's, you know, why won't you go to school? Why don't you do this? And, and for some people that works great. You know, we had uh, Dr. Chamberlain on, you know, that guy is very educated, knows his stuff. But that's not for everyone, you know. School might have been something for him, and it's not something for me or, or something for you. So you doing something else with that money um, that's still contributing to conservation, um, you know, getting people active, that's absolutely huge, um, you know, for a positive for COVID. You know, that's not something that we saw in the news every day was get out and work out, you know. And at the end of the day, the healthier you are, um, I mean, that's just basic, that's basic science all day, man. The healthier you are, the healthier your body is, the better chance you have at pretty much doing anything. Um, so. Yeah, 100%. Like, like the number one, uh, one of the number one indicators of, like, whether or not you end up in a nursing home is, like, your lower body strength. And you know, it's, it's crazy. Like, you should be lifting weights up until the point you die in some capacity. Yeah. And that's how you prevent the atrophy. Let's say you prevent you know, your body to regress. You fight aging through an active lifestyle. Uh, and, and I think in the mental health stuff too, you know, being out in the outdoors, like, I mean, there's, it's, it's, there's science and proof behind everything out that resets your brain, your brain chemistry, and your dopamine levels are, you know, are elevated. And when you're out, like connecting with nature, it's huge. And there's a, a level of, you know, we just our society has just gotten so far from that. I think there's a direct correlation with that. Oh, hundred percent. Um, you know, our spike in mental health issues, and it's across the board. It's not. It's not just like you know, we're my, our company, with our team. We're about a third active duty, a third veteran, and a third civilian. It's like I never wanted to be a veteran brand. You know, like I'm not fucking brand stuff. 
and everyone to be friends now. You know, we're, we're right. for everybody. And obviously, we have a lot of event causes that we support, and we've got a lot of events that are affiliated with us. But, you know, the, the, the same issues that affect the veteran community affect the civilian community. It's not isolated to either one. Yeah, no, no, for sure, man, for sure. And I actually jotted that down when you were talking about it with mental health, you know, you know, just going back to exactly what you said, just reiterating in a different way. People don't realize how, uh, you know, going outside and just, you know, cutting your phone off for a day. And people always ask me all the time, like, I'm the kind of hunter where, like, when we leave at dark, we're coming back at dark. Like, a lot of people say, you know, time management, et cetera. When I hunt, man, I'll sit at the same tree all day if I want to. It, it's it's a lot more to me, um, you know, than it is to a lot of other people. And the, the fact of what it does to your mental, uh, whether you're, you know, active uh, veteran or a civilian, it's you know, just unplugging and, and letting your brain kind of take over and, and thinking about things. And, you know, it can, it can sometimes be, you know, where you overthink too much, but, uh, I feel like nature has just that way of like, almost like balancing it out with you where you keep that positive and negative balance and, uh, just getting out there and you don't have to hunt, uh, you don't have to lift or any of that stuff to get out and enjoy the outdoors. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of other activities, you know, that don't involve, you know, getting your own food or fishing or hunting or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I wish more people would do that. And I'm, I'm glad your company encourages that. I always encourage people to do that, you know, get outside, enjoy what's out there. The United States is the, the greatest country, especially when it comes to public land and, uh, you know, basic rights we've given to people, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's we have so much opportunity for outdoor recreation, whatever it is, mountain biking, hiking, slack lining, rock climbing. I mean, all the stuff that I see all the hippies up in Boulder from Colorado, all the, everything they do. Yeah. You know, it's all good. It's it's cool. You know, it's it's just getting out there and being active. Um, obviously, I think we have a little bit of a different pursuit in how we like to spend that time, but it's all it's all great. It's all. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure, and, and and that's what I love about communities such as yours and ours is that acceptance of of yeah we we do have our ways of what we like to do and stuff, but um you know we do open arm you know everyone's open. I, I know some of my greatest times growing up were yeah I like to hunt and fish and mushroom hunt and all that, but some of my greatest times was just taking a ride up the mountain with my dad and uh, getting like creek water, you know, filling up jugs of creek water. Like those were some of the best times we got to get out. It was a hard walk back in there. You had to carry gallon jugs with you. <laughs> you know, it was like the ultimate primal type outdoor activity when I was growing up. Um, so Luke, what is the future looking like for a uh, hunt, lift, eat? I know you got a deployment going on. Are you guys looking to just continue to scale, continue to grow your team or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my big goal coming in in January when I added and brought in the, the, the guys to help me was I didn't want me leaving and me deploying to hurt our growth. I wanted to continue on our trajectory. You know, I set a really hefty goal for, like, we went in 2020 to 2021, we, like, 10x. In 2021 to 22, like, I want to, you know, 3x on, on our growth. And um, as we do that, like, it's it's you know the bigger you get the harder it is to, to do that obviously and so with that it, it takes a deliberate approach and we're still not the best at it because everybody's across the country and trying to synchronize everybody and get us on on the same path but we've been doing a good job of it and bringing in the, the new team members has been huge uh, it's been really cool um to, to see some of them just take you know just fully embrace uh, what we're doing what we have to offer and we're just running with it you know, and some of these guys are on fast tracks. The ones I can, I'm going to hire them if they're interested because they just, they the cream rises to the top and you see that. So that's right. been, that's been huge for our growth. And so, you know, we've done a whole lot, you know, we started doing, we're doing quarterly fitness challenges now. Like we've got one coming up in uh, at the end of May. It's going to be, uh, it's calling it hero week. It's a challenge that I, usually, I did it for myself for a couple of years where I uh, would do the Memorial Day Murph and then I would do uh, like five more days of the hero workouts for CrossFit which are pretty brutal. And so it's a hell of a week, but it's just one of those things. It's just a good way to just beat the shit out of yourself and think about, you know, the sacrifices that other folks have made. And so we're doing that. Um, 
we're going to have a offer of t-shirt going to be an entry fee t-shirt and all the money we raise is going to go uh, towards gold star families so you know families of uh, phone service members and so we're using that as a fundraiser and a, a great fitness we had a fitness challenge this past february for the whole month and the feedback we got was awesome so we decided we're going to make that a quarterly thing and we're i mean we're blowing up our apparel line it's going to double in the next six months which is terrifying but cool at the same time i don't know where i'm going to warehouse everything but we're in a room um but yeah i mean we've we got big plans man I, you know, my, my goal and my, my dream is to be able to do this full time when I go to the army, which uh, maybe sooner than later at this point, as things are the way things are going. Right. So, yeah. you know, we want to keep growing. And then, yeah, I think the sky's the limit. We've got a lot of momentum and it's, it's been an absolute blast. I've just been, I'm, I'm humbled and blown away every day by the support uh, and the, you know, the stuff we receive from folks. It's, it's cool. I'm sure you guys see the exact same. Oh, yeah. And like I said, man, I, uh, I, you know, Hunt Lift Eat's been in my face. That's why I'm surprised I even got the name wrong in the beginning. Because it, it, Hunt Lift Eat has literally been in my face since my buddy. I had a buddy come down about two weeks ago. Now uh, he's in service side to finish his Grand Slam, and I usually let a couple members come down uh, every year, and we'll go chase some birds or do some bass fishing. And he he came down, and he had a uh, y'all's hat on, um, one of the patch ones, uh, BDU camo, I believe it was, and I saw it and was like wow i like that hat man he's like yeah he kind of told me a little bit about what he knew uh his name is brian Hallcheck and and uh you know i was like oh i'm pretty interested so you know it was word of mouth there i'd seen you guys on instagram and, and facebook and things like that before but um i really didn't deep dive into the website until he had come down he's he's one of those people where uh you know i'm not a copycat by any means but uh he's one of those people where if he's got something going on and he's rocking it there's usually a good reason behind it you know so um you know i definitely looked into that and was looking at y'all's apparel you guys got some pretty hot stuff man i appreciate it yeah we've, we've been working hard on it and it's it's a it's a blast I and mean, if you'd asked me three four years ago if i was gonna own a clothing line i would have laughed at you you know dumb hillbilly from from appalachia who just wants to hunt and fish but um you know here i am in a weird way in the fashion industry my dad still gives me shit about it oh man dude i love it like uh the deadlifting bear crew sweatshirt like <laughs> i've looked at your website a few times and i uh, i definitely love the designs uh love the logo the the uh i also really like the uh, that you kept to your roots with the mountains and uh no week in the wild that's a that's a great slogan right there i appreciate it man yeah like i said i course got my way into this whole thing so it's, it's been it's been an absolute blast hey you know some of the some of the people that do it the best man they don't have that background in it like you said you you wasn't in high school taking fashion classes so <laughs> you know but, no. but yeah your stuff is you know, if you if you look at other hunting brands out there, your your stuff's definitely uh, more on a trendier side, and uh, you know what someone from Appalachia would wear. You know, us Appalachians, we we uh, like certain things. That I like that. I tell you what, I do like is that tiger stripe camo. That's pretty. That's pretty nice there. I mean, yeah, a lot of folks. That's that's probably our most uh, our best seller. We're actually uh, just developed our own pattern, so that's somebody else's pattern on and we just printed our logo on it so that's the big initiative we've had recently is i wanted to get out of the private label business so uh, all of our stuff going forward or most of it is no longer going to be our logo on somebody else's garment like we're building the garments at the factory from the ground up which is nice. super cool uh also very terrifying because instead of like a five thousand dollar order it's like a thirty forty thousand dollar order you know so you better get it right but, <laughs> it's, it's really cool and we have more control of the creative process and I gotta make sure the quality you know controls better. I can pick the materials that are going into it. So you know, I'm I'm always trying to just make a better product and and you know, make it better. And unfortunately we have to go overseas because the American textile and like we'd have to charge hundred and fifty dollars for a hoodie if we were to do it in the US. But right. um, you know that's something I would because we do like certain things we do are like hundred percent um USA but you know other things like textiles they just you pretty much have to go overseas these days and it's oh, no, a, a super super premium brand mm-hmm. no i i get it man trust me i uh working in the industry you get to see those type of things and like you said i, I could never charge someone 150 dollars for a hoodie uh, it's got to be signed by like you know three famous people or something for that to be able to happen and and you, you almost can 
can't do that, but there is a lot that we can do, and I'm glad you guys are doing it. Um, you know, you, 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 sometimes it's just the way it is, you know, it's, but you know, it, it's nothing we can really do at this point, but you know, I am very, very optimistic that in the future that might change. So let's hope, but I'm glad you guys are evolving in, um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I'm obviously no business expert by any means. I did not go to college and get an MBA either, but, um, I will tell people a business is a living, breathing thing. A brand is a living, breathing thing. Like it doesn't, you can't write a steps one through a hundred, follow all those steps and everything go correct. Um, you know, there, if it was every single person in the United States and the world would do it, uh, you know, it's a living, breathing thing that you have to raise and nurture and, and feed and clothe and, and, and shelter and all that. So you guys evolving and not getting stuck in a rut, um, especially as busy with everything going on. That's, that's great, man. I think you guys are going to definitely continue to do some good stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. It's, it definitely is, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you've got to, you see some you know, people like you gotta have you gotta know what what, what you are like and you gotta know the identity of your company you have to, to a certain point right you have to identify and you have to have a narrow focus right but you can also evolve and change and like what you what you think you're starting out to do may not be where you end up and that's 100 percent okay and that's that's fine that's part of it if you might start out thinking like i mean like us as i'm gonna say i first i'll be a hat company and i was like oh, i'll bring in some t-shirts so i guess now we're an apparel company and yeah then I was like, well, shit, let's do some training programs because there's a huge demand for it. And there's not a lot of people, if really anybody, doing a good job in the hunting space for that. So we started doing the training program. It's like you build your identity as you go. And you don't have to be, I mean, there's different schools of thought on them, I guess, where some people think you should be very narrow and just go full bore in that. But um, I think you just need to provide value wherever you can and wherever you think you can best provide that value. For sure, man. That's that's the key to success right there and you know it, it looks like you guys are having a really good time doing it like i said i, I trolled through your website and um you know i've looked through your instagram and, and the company's page and stuff and um you know I, like i said I, li I like what i see and i think you guys are going to do great uh continue to do great things but luke so uh you know i had a couple more questions for you here i know we're touching on an hour but this is a question that that they started asking long before i was uh, even a service side member but um, it's a question that I always, we always like to ask. Um, if you could share one piece of advice, now this can be hunting, uh, you know, business-oriented, fishing. It could be really anything you want. But if you could share one piece of advice that you know now that you wish you would have known then, what, what would that be? I mean, I, this one's pretty basic, but I think it just applies to uh, to all, all the above, really. And it's just um, – just have some tenacity and just go out there and do whatever, you know, it's kind of simple, but just do whatever it is that you're thinking about doing. Like, you know, have a baseline of information, don't do it blindly, right? Whether that's a backcountry hunt or whether that's, you know, starting a business, like, like don't get analysis paralysis. Like guys will study, you know, topo for two, three years before they go on their elk hunt. They'll build a business plan four times before they start their business. They want to have all their trademarks and all their protections and all their legal stuff. All that, like all that stuff built first you know just just do the business side like focus on that first do the hunt first like get the experience just go do it you can't beat boots on the ground experience whether it's in the backcountry on the hunt in the woods or whether it's you know building your first website and selling your first hat or your first car or your first whatever your business that you want to be um, you just gotta get out there and, and do it and having the ability to just figure shit out like nobody's gonna give you the answers um and don't don't ask like that you, you lose so much of the process i think a lot of times right now we want the easy button everybody just wants to hit the easy button and just now people just ask me like who do you use for your apparel and it's like well, man i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give you the answers for all this like sometimes <laughs> you just gotta go figure it out like that's half the i could build a business plan for somebody how to start an apparel company i could build them the brain i could give it to them and they would fail i guarantee they would fail because they, they don't they don't have those little lessons that you learn along the way right you got to get there the hard way it's the same thing when you're hunting like you can't there's no shortcut you gotta you gotta put boots on the mountain you gotta put you know hours in the tree stand and you gotta get after it and that's that's the only way you're gonna learn and, and if i'm you know dumb people like me can do this stuff like any, really anybody can actually nobody would have ever <laughs> thought that i'd be learning what i'm learning right now so um it's it's possible for anybody that has the idea like just 
put in a little leg work, do some research, and then just go execute. Yeah, man, that's a that's a great hot take right there, and and I honestly expected, uh, you know, you definitely seem like a doer, so I expected that advice to come more, you know, more or less from from getting it done. But you know, I I tell people all the time on social media, they're like, well, where'd you kill that turkey or where'd you catch that fish? And I tell them the lake or the public land I'm using, and people will be like, well, why'd you do that? There's gonna be 20 people there. I'm like. Hey, that that uh, trust me, those game animals are not gonna be giving like walking out saying shoot me. <laughs> I promise you. Like I've been hunting them for a long time in these public areas, and they are not gonna walk in front of you and say shoot me. Um, you know they're gonna have to put the legwork in and stuff. So, you know I, I, that that's definitely a great takeaway. Is no one's gonna do it for you. If so, you better start charging a uh, what is that called a contracting fee. <laughs> You're gonna do all yeah, that. Absolutely. The footwork, the the failure, man, is what makes the success so much sweeter. If we had a hundred page to do list of what we needed to do to be successful, it wouldn't mean nearly as much to anyone. Um, you know, whether you're successful with it or not, if you don't put that legwork in and do it yourself, there's always going to be people that are going to help you along the way. Uh, but at the end of the day, the people that those are opportunities, and you're either going to take them or you're not. Yeah, um, that's that's a hundred percent right now. It's just it's like hunting. If, if you went out and you killed something every single time you went hunt to hunt, like it wouldn't be fun anymore. No, nope. you're just shooting at that point. You know, you can walk out in the backyard and shoot one of the neighbor's cows. Like it, it just it's, it's not enjoyable. It's getting your ass kicked. It's putting the week in and getting stumped, and then going back out in another week, and then you kill. You know, you kill them. That's what it's all about, and that's why it's enjoyable. It's the same thing when you just fall down. You know, whether it's a business or anything else. So. When you do get that success, man, it, it, there's nothing like it, and it just motivates you to keep going. And then you, you become less risky. The more risk you take, the more calculated risks you take, the less risk averse you become. And you start to get the confidence to bet on yourself to know that, like, I can do this. I can go out. I can, I can spend. You know, if you told me early on, like, I was stressed out, stressed out the first time I, you know, I, I spent three hundred dollars on a sewing machine, dude, and I just did a forty thousand dollar order on silky shorts. You know what I mean? Like, you get desensitized, and you get the point where you understand how to do these things um and you can only do that you can only get that through experience yep that's true man that's you guys hopefully you're taking notes um you know because it, as simple as it may sound it you know it's one of those things where it's like if you don't do it it's not as simple as it sounds <laughs> you know it's the simplistic things like that of getting out doing it falling down standing up falling down again standing up that's the keys to success um, no matter, you know, at the end of the day, man, some people get c cut breaks and then some people, you know, really have to scrape and scrounge for it. And, and those are the people I'll always respect more. And, and uh, you know, I, to me, I always look at them as more successful. It, it means more to them. But, um, Luke, that was pretty much all I had. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to uh, touch on? No, man, I, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to come on. And, and it was a great conversation. And, you know, I'm super stoked for Certicide and everywhere, you know, you know, all the big things you guys are doing over there. It's, it's been cool to kind of watch and see it grow as well from, from my perspective. So like I said, I, I got my start over there with you boys and, you know, it was a, it's a great organization and I learned a ton um, just being a part of it and seeing, and I, I took a lot of the same lessons over to my own endeavors. So it's definitely, you guys got something really good cooking over there. You know, I, I appreciate that, man. I, you know, I started out as a member myself. I actually joined, it was like 2019. I was a member for a few years before I started working here. And, um, you know, Serviceside just wants to be that, that family, you know, for everyone to come to. Like you said, whatever you got going on in your life, um, similar to your brand, we just want people to be successful. We want people to know what's right, you know, what, what ethics are, you know, what a true sportsman is. Um, you know, how, how did your grandpa treat somebody if he ran into them in the woods or, um, you know, things like that. So we, we definitely uh, want to continue that trend. And, you know, just like you starting your brand, I always tell people, I'm like, that right there is exactly what Service Hide's there for. It's to, to, to kind of show you, you know, it's been around for going on, you know, 11, 12 years now. So plenty of, you know, it started out as a, it wasn't, it didn't start out as a hunting club. It was some guys that when they got time from college and they had some money in their bank accounts, they would take off and film their hunts. Um, and it's involved into so much more. Um, so I, I'm definitely glad you were a part of it. And I'm definitely glad to see where it, where it took you 
uh, in your endeavors. And definitely hit me up anytime, man, and uh, and we'll jump on again and do an update, especially when you get back from deployment. But uh, can, if you don't mind, tell our viewers uh, where they can reach you or you know your website, where they can look at your apparel and your programs, things like that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, our website is huntlifteat.com. Uh, we've got the, the podcast is the Hunt Lift Eat podcast. And you can get that anywhere, podcast, Spotify, Apple, um, everywhere. We, we put out a Tuesday Tips episode every Tuesday and then our longer episodes every Thursday. We've got some really great guests recently and it's, it's been blowing up as well. And then you can follow us. Uh, the primary place is Instagram at Hunt Lift Eat Official. If you want to reach out to me personally, Instagrams at loop.d.cox. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, is through there. If you guys have any questions, I don't offer any advice. You know, it's like you said you get a lot of active duty events. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert on anything, but I know a little bit about a lot. Um, and I know a lot of people that are experts. And I can try to push anybody in those directions if they need help with anything. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I've got. I I really appreciate it. You know, it's been a good time. Nice, nice, man. Well, I definitely appreciate you, especially two days before deployment, man. That, talk about sacrifice for your for the outdoor industry right there, jumping on here. And, and you know, you were very responsive when I, I think you messaged me like that day that I, that I sent you a message wanting you to get on. So I love that. When, you know, I understand how busy things are, um, but when someone's responsive like that, it definitely, definitely shows that. Uh, to me, it shows passion. Um, but thanks again for your time, man. I'm going to update those, um, not update, but I'm going to make those show notes so everyone can reach out, um, if they have any questions or want to check out the website and things, and, uh, hopefully we'll get you back on soon. Yeah. Anytime, man. Uh, once I get settled over there, I should have some connectivity, connectivity. So I might even be able to do an episode, uh, one in Europe. Nice. That, Hey, I tell you what, man, if you want to do one, I'm definitely down. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll sign up for sure. All right, so you guys are listening to Whitetail Theories Podcast, and we'll see you on the next one.